The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. As I mentioned, with far less traffic on the roads, thanks to coronavirus-induced quarantines, we are seeing and hearing about drivers with a heavy foot. A couple of weeks ago, uh, into the self-isolation rules, the roads had opened up, and Edmonton Police said while there was a major decrease of the number of cars on the road, the number of tickets for going 20, even 30K over the limit had gone up drastically. While it's happening across North America, traffic levels are dropping, but speeding and the number of speeding tickets are surging and those empty roads are appealing to many certainly to those who count themselves among the loose fraternity of what's called cannonballers people who going back to the 1970s have made an illicit sport of seeing who could race from u.s coast to u.s coast the fastest now for a little background on this in 1979 a jaguar XJS at the standard in 32 hours and 51 minutes. Over the years, that time was whittled down, and then in 2013, Ed Bolian set a record that would last for years, finishing in 28 hours and 50 minutes. He held that from 2013 to 2019. Um... And just last November, a team finished in 27 hours and 25 minutes. And then just this past month, thanks to, again to COVID-19 empty streets, a new record was set, one that some say might never be broken. Ed Bolian, who I mentioned, is also known as the curator of Cannonball Records and Culture, and he joins us this afternoon. Hey, Ed, how you doing? I'm great. Thank you for having me. All right, where am I talking to you? You're in Atlanta today? Yeah, Atlanta, Georgia. In Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, Ed. For those who don't know about the history of, um, you know, the, the the Cannonball Run, you know, outside of what they saw in a movie, I think in the 80s. Can you can you give us a little history of it, and and what's the whole goal of it? Sure. So it's not just a goofy 1981 movie with Burt Reynolds and Sammy Davis Jr. and the Rat Pack. It, it was a real thing. They did it five times competitively in the 1970s, and it was traditionally a race from New York to Los Angeles, from the Red Ball parking garage in Manhattan to the Portofino Inn in Redondo Beach. And, you know, it kind of reflects that American frontiersman spirit, this holy grail of road trips that we all dream about if we drive to Grandma's house, and we just kind of take it to the moon and back, just with all the preparation that we can, trying to have as many countermeasures, radar detectors, laser jammers, ambulance, traffic light changers, police avoidance things that we could possibly have, and seeing how fast we can go. Who was the first one to do it? Who was the first one to say, we're going to do it and complete it? So the event was organized by Brock Yates of Car and Driver Magazine starting in 1971. So people have been doing this uh, for almost 50 years now. Wow. Okay. How many people are actually record holders? Well, so the record has changed uh, a handful of times. It's you know probably about... 300 drives have been made with an effort at the record, and I think the record's been held by eight teams. Including you. Correct. Including you, and you held on to it for quite some time. Can you tell me about your about your record-setting run in 2013? What kind of planning went into it? Um, what does that look like, spending how long was it, 28 hours, 27 hours uh, straight in the car? So, like a lot of us, as a young car enthusiast, I learned about the idea of Cannonball, and 
learned that it wasn't just the movies, it was a real thing, and that it was kind of a, a part of American car history that I could theoretically add my name to. And so that led me down about a decade of planning, of thinking about what the best car might be, what the best strategy might be, how to manage the fueling, how to mitigate the risks of cops, how to try to strategize to minimize traffic and weather and accidents and everything else that I might anticipate on the road or that can kind of thwart my efforts and and see when we could do it. So I did it uh, in 2013. I was 28 years old in a 2004 Mercedes CL55 AMG with a co-driver and a navigator with us. Wow. Okay. Um, And why'd you pick that vehicle? Well, you want something that's obviously powerful, so that had a supercharged 493 horsepower V8, but you also need something that kind of flies under the radar, that the days of <laughs> girls in spandex and a Countach or priests in a Ferrari is not necessarily reflective of kind of the modern strategies and attitudes of cannonballing, so it's now much more you want to look like a regular passenger car and just happen to be scooped by at a slightly higher delta to the cars that you're passing. So, Ed, I'm curious to know when it comes to to fueling up that vehicle, how do you plan for that? Well, so we added two additional fuel tanks in the trunk. So in addition to the factory 23-gallon, we had two 22-gallon cells in the back. Leaders for you, sorry, I don't know the exact number, but it was 67 total gallons, and we could go 852 miles. So over a thousand kilometers on a tank of gas, obviously, and we uh, so we were able to do New York to LA, which is 2,811 miles in just uh, three fuel stops. Three fuel stops. My goodness. Okay. And so, uh, from what I understand, from where you leave in uh, in Manhattan and where you end up in in California, you can kind of choose whatever path that you want to get there. Is there a path that cannonballers typically take? So the historic route that was most commonly used was essentially coming down through St. Louis and then along I-40, which became the old Route 66. And we, that's exactly the route that we did, essentially. There's a few new roads that have been built since 1979, but overall it was fairly similar. Now, in the time since we set the 2850 record in 2013, some road improvements have actually made the I-80 corridor a little bit more advantageous. And so the 2725 record that beat our time back in late 2019 was accomplished along most of I-80, then coming down to okay. Vegas. All right. Um, did you get a trophy at the end of it, or, or like, how is it? <laughs> or is it just, uh, okay, a pat on the shoulder, hey, I did this. How is it, how, how is it marked that it was completed and, and done within, I don't know, what whatever rules that you guys have? So there's not like a governing body of outlaw cross-country road <laughs> racing. There's a few of us idiots that still care about it, but it's really just kind of self-officiated. And, you know, usually there's enough media attention that they're, or created some media articles and things like that to kind of document each time. And so essentially what you have to do is set out with enough proof that a few reporters would believe that you actually did it. So we use third-party GPS tracking, the metadata from the pictures, gas receipts, toll receipts, you know, photos, witnesses, all these kind of things. And then now it's a lot easier to have people witness parts of the drive live uh, than it was back in 2013. But, I mean, sometimes people are live streaming the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. So um, let's talk about what's happened here in the last couple of weeks then as a result of COVID-19. There's less traffic on the roads and that has really opened it up for um, cannonballers to try to, uh, to try to set a new record. How many tries have you heard of recently? 
Uh, I think during the pandemic, I, I know of at least four or five different attempts that have been made and all demonstrating that it does you know, appear to be a bit of an advantage. Okay, and then so just a couple of weeks ago, someone set uh, a new record that um, is quite impressive. Sure. What was it? What was yeah, it? Yeah, so somebody in a, a team in a modified Audi A8L, so the big German sedan, that tends to be kind of the direction that people go in as big, high-horsepower German cars. They did it in 26 hours and 38 minutes, so beating the existing record by over 45 minutes, honestly, in a car that was much less prepared and, uh, and much less fast. So it's certainly what they observed, what we've heard is that, I mean, as you'd imagine, there's not really many cars on the road. And so yeah. they're out there, and certainly there are more trucks right now. Our, our world is relying on a that are much oh. needed, and so trucks. Oh, did I lose you? Yeah, just for a second. Got you back, though. Oh, all right. Trucks are, are driving for longer hours. They're speeding a little bit more. There's fewer rules restricting them. So, so that's working, you know, a little bit against us, but it is uh, – there's – there's definitely a lot fewer cars on the road. Okay, so does the fact that there's a lack of traffic, do you think it dilutes the record at all? Do you think it should be, you know, going to record books with maybe an asterisk beside it? We don't know yet. I think we're going to have to wait until we see what happens on the other side of this. I, I'm, I, you know, obviously what we try to do as the community of people that kind of curate the history is to make sure that everybody understands that over the 50 years of the pursuit of this record, the record of safety is immaculate. There's never been an accident involving another car. There's never been a serious injury. There's never been anything to kind of be a black eye on what is effectively a socially deviant pursuit. And so the redemption <laughs> in a, you know, what's really an illegal act kind of comes in the nod to what is the an actual part of American car culture's history, but also something that everybody's kind of dreamt about. And as long as mm. nobody really messes it up, it's probably something that can exist, even if it's in an underground world, for a very long time. So our fear is that, you know, this the revelation that maybe it's a little bit easier to do it right now is going to bring people out that haven't put as much thought into it, that aren't quite as prepared, and that might not be able to uphold that record of safety. And so that's where you talk about the idea of an asterisk or categorizing this drive differently than other drives that were certainly done in an entirely different world, even though they were done just a few months ago. Yeah, you know what, Ed, I think some people would, would look at it as, you know, the perfect time to do it just because of the lack of traffic, and others would say that it is the opposite of the perfect time to do it, given, you know, what if something happened, what if, what if, what if, right? Like, there's there's a there's a lot, uh, lot to think about on that one. I've had a couple of texts come in from listeners, Ed, and they're curious to know what would be the average speeds that you're driving at. So our average speed was just under 100 miles per hour. The average in 2019 was 103, and this average would be just over 105 for 2638. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I thought it would be faster than that, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, it's, uh, you know, you got, we were stopped for about 46 minutes, and uh, that's been improved oh. on. These guys, I think, were stopped for like 30, 30 minutes and change. 
So, and when you talk about um, the things that you use um, to limit the potential of being stopped, let's put it this way, there's a long list of them, isn't there? Absolutely. Yeah. So we use, you know, all the apps and things like ways that you can use to to mitigate police presence. Um, Obviously, the biggest thing, though, is just paying attention. And that's where a lot of people think that it's the most hair raising thing that you could ever imagine to barrel along at those kind of speeds for such long distances, long times. But in, in all honesty, when you have three people in a car wholly invested in not having any bad outcomes, it ends up being entirely undramatic. Like, yes, you go kind of fast, but at the end of the day, everybody's there just trying to be safe. And so they're paying attention to what other cars might do, looking at their posture within the lane, trying to make sure that you're not doing anything that could ever be construed as intimidating. I mean, it's not to say this is like the safest everybody ought to go out there and do its thing, but that's the reason why, you know, bad outcomes haven't happened over the course of decades and decades of pursuit. Ed Bullion joining me this afternoon. So the people that set the last record, they haven't um, gone public at all. Have you talked to them? Do you know anything about them? I've talked to them, yes. And, and, you know, generally uh, it's not uncommon for people to remain anonymous for the first year or so because depending on which of the 14 states that you drive through along the route, the statute of limitations on reckless driving and endangerment is three, six, or 12 months. And so a lot of times people will wait to kind of prove publicly what they did for that year. We announced that we did it a few weeks after we did it in 2013, but we didn't release all the data, the proof, and everything that we'd already shown the press for another uh, 12 months. And so these guys, and, and all, all of us have talked about the idea that it might be a great time to go out and make an attempt, but most of us have decided it's not worth the a potential public outcry and uh, the risks that are involved right now with doing a drive and it just wasn't the kind of advantage that we wanted to be seen as taking advantage of and so most of us that had thought about it had decided not to but those that were going to go had all said we're not going to talk about it for a while and so that was the intent of this team but one of their friends made a, an ill-advised Facebook post <laughs> that kind of outed them about two weeks ago and so that began the media storm. So that sometimes it's it. uh, the leaks that get you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always best to eat. Well, if you can do it by yourself, it's uh, the best way to do it because uh, as soon as one another person gets involved, there's a very good chance that, uh, that something is going to sneak out. Where, where do you see, before I let you go, Ed, and I just, uh, I, I, I think that I love the history of this. I love the kind of the, the badass feel of it and, 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 and all of that. Where, where do you see this in 10 years? Are, are, are folks still going to be maybe taking a shot at doing something and and um you know would you try it again you know i've kind of gotten everything out of the pursuit that i ever could have imagined it's a great sense of community i've built great relationships i've had great memories and i've gotten great stories to tell and so i don't know that continuing to chase it in an outright way would it would really offer the same benefit that it did to me you know almost 10 years ago now that being said, I love the drive, and I've done it, yeah. I think, eight times since then, not really being that competitive about it, but just in old, cheap cars or just more exotic cars that certainly aren't going to sustain average speeds that high but are a lot more fun. And so I think that anyone who loves a road trip can go to New York and drive to L.A. and get something great out of it, regardless of how fast they intend to drive. And I think, I hope that despite 
technology improving in cars, cars becoming self-driving, you know, speed limits being enforced differently or more aggressively. Yeah. I hope that the, the pursuit can be preserved because for a lot of us, it was something, it was one of those goals, those beacons that we, we pursued for a considerable portion of our lives. And <laughs> my hope is that if, if times that are crazy get achieved right now, they don't water down the the opportunity for people to, to have those goals that I did that can offer them the same benefits that I got. Ed Bolian joining me this afternoon. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. You can check out uh, his YouTube page at VinWiki. There's uh, tons of, I, I watched some of it today, Ed. Um, uh, you're a huge car lover, and anyone who loves cars uh, should spend some time on your new YouTube page. And, of course, your website, edbolian.com. I want to thank you for some insight uh, on this. Uh, I enjoyed our conversation, Ed. All the best to you. Have a great day. Thank you for having me. Yeah, take care. Ed Bolian, who was uh, one of the record holders for the Cannonball Run, that legendary illicit run that people have been trying to make now since uh, 1971 from uh, from the uh, the East Coast to the West Coast. Yes, it was a movie back in 81, but it started back in the 1970s.